the technology here looks like we stepped back into the 80s and we're in Star Wars. Like, I just don't get it. Uh, the galaxy that Star Wars takes place is perpetually locked in the 80s. <laughs> Apparently. Welcome to the What's Up Ready podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better read than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit all those fun buttons, like, subscribe, uh, follow, bell notification, any other buttons you might feel like hitting in the moment. I'm okay with that, too. Uh, tell a friend about us, or a lot of friends. Um, we appreciate you growing the podcast. That's about the extent of it. We're here live to talk about Andor, uh, Season 1, Episode 7. Um, yeah, it took a little, uh, little gear change, um, but still grounded in the same... Well, you knew it was going to slow down a little bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, but I think there was enough intrigue and enough changes and kind of like watching the – I mean, I like watching the rebellion grow from a different perspective. Like you just assume that it was smooth, right? Like you're like, here's this rebellion. They got it figured out. But we, I, I often forget, like even after watching Rebels, like things like that, like I often forget that – we came in at the end or near the end of this whole thing, not the beginning, right? Like this is, so it's interesting to see that other side of it where we're seeing the beginning. And I really liked Mon Mothma for the first time this season, because we're seeing that she is trying to play smart and maybe overly cautious in a way, but seeing her and Luthen at odds was really kind of cool. Like, showing that there's definitely a different perspective. She didn't know about this whole thing. Like, this was just a him thing. Yeah, I like This that. wasn't what I signed up for. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once again, Stellan Skarsgård just chews up scenery whenever he's on the screen. Like, playing – like, the going back and forth, like, to the smiling face, like, putting on the grin and all that shit, and then that, like, threatening – menacing tone that he puts in his voice when he's telling her get your shit together and quit bitching like this is what it is so i I'm, i really enjoyed that whole conversation in his store yeah it was pretty clever um and it really kind of for me anyway I, I like what they're doing with cassian because mm. this dude kind of put the rebellion into motion and he had does not want any part of it yeah. He can't take credit for what he did, but he's essentially started the rolling of the rebellion. Uh, and it just cracks me up that he's like the reluctant rebellion leader at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that his like adopted mom is full on into it now because of what he did to make money to get them out of there. Like It's like the irony abounds. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what a shitty place to have to be though. I'm, interested where they're going with him too now that he's apparently headed to some sort of either work camp or jail or something based yeah, on six years man yeah, it's a shame we don't have time. javier on this old podcast for this episode he'd have some things to say it's true it's true cops in the star wars universe are just as corrupt <laughs> 
as if I, you didn't know. I really, as you guys heard me talk about in this uh, show, really enjoy the ISB perspective. As you kind of talked about, JJ, the other side of things. Uh, even you were talking about the Rebel side, but I really appreciate the Empire side where we didn't, we just saw fighting, obviously, Invader and Stormtroopers that couldn't aim. But this time around, we're seeing the people that really were trying to investigate, obviously they're trying to do deep cover stuff to um, find out some of these similarities, these linkages. And I'm really enjoying what's happening uh, at these uh, meetings and kind of the inner political squalor. Uh, Cause a lot of the star Wars books that I've read, like Coruscant's a cutthroat place. You definitely, you put on the shine and the smiles, but behind the scenes, I mean, people are ready to get you at a moment's notice. And I think they're doing a really good job of showing kind of the ins and outs of even in the empire. It's not like these, it's, it's all cushy. Yeah. I'm seeing why Palpatine dissolved the Senate, dissolved like all the government programs and took over nearing you know the original trilogy timeline because even the isb is a hot mess of corruption and you know maneuvering and nobody's on the same team they're still against each other like shoot so one of the empire lasted long as it did absolutely well and there was a nice little cameo from rebels and star wars and clone wars for that matter with general yularen um the guy in the isb that was telling him where you know you have open oh that what that guy okay yeah the white haired with the big bushy mustache so he's he's a character that has been in he was sitting at the table with vader in when he was choking the guy like your lack of faith is disturbing he's in this white mm-hmm. uniform in the back of the table watching that argument happen he worked closely during the Clone Wars with Anakin and Obi-Wan and uh, Ahsoka. So you saw him as a younger man in those um, quickly. And you said, so he was there. And then you saw um, him later in Rebels as well. He becomes a really close ally with uh, um, Grand Admiral Thrawn. So. Mm. Sorry, I got to block a user. We're getting spammed. <laughs> I guess I should have known that having read the books, but his name um, didn't jive with me. Um, when, what did I want to... There was something I wanted to ask. Well, while Matson's thinking about it, dude, what is with Star Wars, man? First, we were in the Scottish Highlands. Now we're at Miami Beach. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so their, their locations are really vamping up as opposed to you know what we except get they don't believe the in sitting on the sand they are on like these cool like terrace cement patios i was like oh. yeah no those are so uncomfortable get yeah. on the sand <laughs> i think it was supposed to be some sort of like racetrack like water like big gambling oh. thing that was going on. I think that's what that, if I remember, cause it was like something about races or something. I'd have to go back and rewatch the episode, but it looked to me like that was what we were looking at was some sort of like race. Track. Yeah. Kind of. So I don't know if they were doing cool. like at water races of some sort, but it's yeah. pod racing, pod racing over the water. Kind of remind me of the, in, I'm not sure which stars when they went to that gambling uh, planet, remember it was oh, like last Jedi. Yeah, mm-hmm. the last Jedi, something similar to that. I mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was a. 
I, yeah, there was just a lot of interesting things that I wasn't expecting. I'm also really enjoying, again, going back to the guy that we saw that got caught up in the whole uh, corpo issue that was tracking down and got in trouble. And now he's working for his uncle, I guess. Like that was an center. Yeah, in like a call center type thing. But I'm curious because it was a weird end scene for the for the episode. I'm wondering, did because I would and I'm not I don't I don't read the language like some deep, deep, deep cut nerds do, but I'm sure somebody will translate what he was seeing on his screen at the end. But for them to end it in that way, it felt like he had something to do with where and or ended up. Right. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Hmm. But I don't know. Like, he's in charge of, like, some sort of fuel thing. So I don't know how he would find that. But I, so I'm interested to see what happened. But that's what that felt like. Why would they put him there looking over something, clicking on some things? I just didn't understand why that was the end of the, the episode unless he was involved somehow. Or maybe he's seeing the intake records of but he didn't use his real name. He used that fake name. So I don't know that. And did we have a time jump? Cause all of a sudden dude's got a girlfriend. I guess. so. Oh, there's some sort of time jump. And it looked like he was counting his cut pretty, pretty closely there. Yeah. From his loot. So he spent some time, I think in this, uh, paradise, I guess. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I feel like there were some questions that I had because of I was like, we jumped to some weird places, and I don't feel like I got any explanation yet. So, yeah, like the fact that now Vel's going to be trying to kill him. Yeah, that Corpo's was... coming after him. The safest place he can be is in a medical prison. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. they're not they're not going to be able to kill him in there. That's the last place they're going to want to go. Yeah. Also, in that scene, that same robot that we see in mm. Rogue One. I'm assuming, I feel like it's alluded to because it wasn't already kind of fully listening to instructions that that's how he's going to break out of prison is something to do with that robot. That's my theory. I Makes think that's sense. a pretty sound theory. It's sound theory, yeah. So I don't know why you introduce a robot in that way and show that kind of that scene. I feel like there's more to come with that. Yeah, I know at some point they, they have to hook up, so. Sure. Yeah, whether it's that one or another version of the K2 droid. Sure. But yeah, I, for sure. That's co- and I was excited, but I was I was like, oh, it's a little it seems a little early for K2 to get involved, doesn't it? But so it was interesting to see the interaction there. But yeah, I think it's heading towards him figuring out how to hack one um to get out for sure. I did like uh K2 got his beach walk. Yeah. That was cracking me up yeah. <laughs> the entire time. Hell yeah. Well, I just hope if they we do see actual K2 that Alan Tudyk comes back, but I Definitely haven't seen I have him. to. Because Alan Tudyk is amazing. Guy does some serious voice work. So Does he do a lot of it for Star Wars? He does it for uh, everybody. Yeah, he does a lot of voice work across a lot of shows, but he has done a lot of uh, voice work for some of the games for Star Wars, some of the, the cartoons, the animated versions. So, yeah, he's been involved in a bit. But that was his biggest, probably biggest role was K2 in in that movie. So, um, I'm interested. I, I still think, I still think 
this Mira, is that her name? What's the ISB agent? Yeah, Mira. The blonde one? Yeah, I still think that's going to end up being his sister. I just, it just can't. It just feels like they're on too much of a collision course for it not to be, there not to be a connection there. Um, well, there's no way she's dead. The mom even came on and said, like, it's a lost cause. Everyone's dead. But, you know, when shows say that, that they're just sure. setting it up for it to be the opposite. Yeah. And that was part of what, like, that whole conversation and the fact that the sister came up again um, made I, it just, I feel like that's going to be her. And at some point, she's going to either take she's, a bullet for him or I, I don't know. Flop. And then she's going to die. Yeah. Something weird's gonna happen, but I did enjoy the scene, that scene in the ISB where she just freaking flays that dude open that was trying to get her in trouble, and the freaking commander was or the general was like, "Man, I'm gonna have to think about some things here." <laughs> well played, and then immediately he's like, "Watch your back, because <laughs> I'm not gonna protect you, but I like what you're doing here." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The ISB is. Uh, it's dirty, and I like it. I think it's a it's an interesting showing of of the power of the empire. Well, it kind of reminds really me of like how people treat like military police. No one really likes when you're investigate or like internal affairs for like the for any agency for that matter. Like no one really likes them because when they're investigating, you're going after your own, and mm-hmm. nobody likes that. Yeah, well, and the ISB obviously has like no. Like they they'll go after anybody. Are they are they they're like the the Gestapo of Star Wars, pretty much like the CIA mixed. Well, because now I mean they basically just did their own Patriot Act. Yeah, prod. They're coming to anything, anything that connects to criminal activity related or slightly related. I mean that's a blanket statement. Like you sneeze in the empire's direction they could arrest you for a year could have been mm-hmm. a day now they upped it to a year like heaven forbid man like whew. yeah well and that was like one of the interesting pieces too where she gets mad because she's like we're just playing into their hands this is what they want they want us to overreact because then it turns more people against the empire and what we're doing and i i thought that was extremely intelligent writing to talk about the fact that an oppressive government creates as much dissent as it does fear and control, right? Because the more aggressive you are, the more people are going to fight against it. It's kind of like the, when you're caught in a trap, the tighter it gets, the worse you fight, but the worse you fight, the tighter it gets. So it's, it's kind of this weird, you know, symbiotic relationship with a terrible government per se. And then they, you know, people that don't want to be oppressed, but then you also have, the flip side that you can do a lot of powerful things with a government if you're subtle about it, right? You have to find that balance. And that's the frightening part about power in general is if you can use, learn how to use it. If you're smart about it, oofty can be not good. So I like this whole power dynamic. I like what they're doing with the, the empire and how some of them are recognizing that they're going too far, or you have Luthen who's using, you know, his, understanding of that and people to say, yeah, it's going to be shitty for people, but we want that because we want them to be mad. We want them to be upset. We want them to fight. And so it's, it's, 
I just I, I'm really enjoying the political piece of this, and I'm not usually I don't usually enjoy political type shows like this, but I I'm loving this dark underbelly of the empire and what's happening on both well, sides JJ, of it. You said it. That's what I was trying to ask earlier. Is that that little scene? I mean, it was something that when we came to Star Wars originally, when you were however old you were, and when I was as young as I was. We just jumped into it. It was already going down. It had been going down, and it was it. Was, the cat was out of well out of the bag. Like the, the empire wasn't just starting this up. There was open rebellion at that point. But you wonder because you think eighty million credits in the grand scheme of things. What does that really mean to the empire? Like at the end of the day, eighty oh, million from more. Yeah, like, like eighty million from the U.S. government. All things considered, you could go over overreact or you could be secretive about it still like lay the hammer down but they publicly broadcast they make it a they made it a big thing a public display of force when they could have done the same thing but done it quietly and probably not furthered a lot of the agenda of these rebels looking for a cause and so i just think it's yeah like you talked about a really interesting response and the empire seeing it as a way to flex their might when in reality if they could do hindsight later on, they'd probably be like, yeah, like maybe we should have approached that from a more subtle perspective. I want to know who squealed to the media because someone in Aldani spilled the beans, spilled the beans. Like, yeah. mm, that wasn't a news story until someone talked. Well. <laughs> um, and then they let the media run riled with it. Now everybody knows. It's true. Well, and from a empire thing, but it could have from, been the rebels as well that leaked it further on to further their cause, which I could see why, obviously, why they would do that. Yeah, for me, the from the imperial side, like thinking about what you were just talking about, Matt, and like for me, I would if I'm this dastardly government, I would have rounded up random ass people and publicly executed them, and then printed off, like you said, I'd get a bunch of credits and say we've 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 reclaimed these credits they were caught here's what happens you know what i mean like and then we go back to we appreciate all those that were involved in informing and helping us find and you give the public credit to you know the public due to tips whatever helped us catch these people even though the government the, the, the empire doesn't care you can just execute random people and say it was <laughs> yeah, seriously like, who's gonna a, question you yeah exactly who's gonna question you so at that point like you're giving credit to the public you're showing that we've caught if you try this we're going to catch you even though they didn't like so i'm with you like i think there's a lot of ways that they could handle it differently instead of having this all-out panic and then like constricting down and tightening up and making people uncomfortable and scared all the time just act like you fixed it and it's done. And then you slowly piece by piece start to tighten up in areas. And then, yeah. So I think you could be much more subtle about it, but I think that's always been the empire invaders problem is they don't want to be subtle. Well, obviously Palpatine was subtle for a very long time, but now that he's in control, he looks at himself and goes, who's going to overtake me. Who's going to win. I, I cannot be beat. So I do not care. Um, so it's an interesting twist on how it went. Charles popping in. Good question, though. Just catching your commentary. Did you feel the episode was too slow? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I, think I didn't either. I was go just going to say, basically what we've already been saying, Charles, you can catch up when you go back and listen. But there's so much political 
turmoil and these backstories at ISB to the beginnings of the rebellion. Like I like all these storylines coming together and I really don't mind, especially after a very chaotic and almost finalistic middle episode. I kind of expected this, but it was better than I thought. We're getting a lot of juicy backstory and details that we've never had in the Star Wars universe, at least for me, presented in this way, and I'm eating it up. That's what I like about this show is it's a completely different perspective to things that I know, but haven't seen it developed in this way before. Yeah, and I think I was prepared for it, kind of what you were saying there, Matts, and I knew after last week, We, in fact, we talked about it during our live show last episode where it was like it's a hard act to follow because that episode was so action-packed and so intense coming out of that you have to really be careful how you lay it out so i thought they did a really good job and i knew that it was going to feel slower than it probably actually was so when coming into it it didn't feel very slow to me because but i i thought one thing that was really genius from a a showrunner perspective was we had far less at cassian in this episode than I anticipated. So I liked that because it took the distraction of, well, here's all this downtime with Andor, as opposed to now I'm looking at all these other characters and how they're reacting to what happened last week versus, well, it just happened and now shit sucks. So I thought that's why I liked it and I was okay with it. It was last week. The empire is going down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Alec, tell us your tale of why this was too slow for you. Oh, it was just slow moving. Hmm. I, I still liked it, but it was kind of, there was parts where it was dragging, like when he went back to Ferrix, and yeah. then he just took his sweet time leaving again. Um, and then again with, I mean, the Mon Mothma stuff was cool, but it was like, let's let's go type of a thing, get a move on. I don't need 10 minutes of her speaking in code to whatever public official was visiting from her home planet. Um, in order to get the point across. It was a banker, right? It was somebody. I don't know. Someone who could get access to her family fortune and send her money. It was just, there was points where it was moving slowly for me, and I was like, oh, come on. Well, it's probably the walking scene of that one chick that took like 45 seconds. That that they could have slimmed down a little bit. Like, Yeah. yeah, I get that you were trying to shake a tail and go far away from where you started. Great. Just let's just get there i enjoyed it i thought it was a great episode but there was points in it where i was like okay sure you 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 can trim some of this down and still have a really good show i feel like that's probably my biggest gripe with the show so far is it takes its sweet time in a lot of moments and then just kind of rushes up to the end at least these things still have a point overall and like (laughs) she hulk for instance where we have complete episodes that could be omitted (laughs) it's true no, I will agree that I think there could have been some better editing and trimming down on this because, like you say, there was some dragged out. Like, I didn't think while I appreciated the conversation with the dude from her home planet, it took too long. There was too much. Yeah, it, it took way too long. And then, like you say, the the Luthen's assistant or whatever, I was like, oh, my God, get there already. Come on. I don't need to watch you walk the entire planet of freaking croissant like (laughs) jesus so no i'm with you on that but i think that's this one of the longest episodes of the season so far at 53 minutes and i think that runtime is too long for an episode like this especially a slower build-up episode you could have got the same effect by editing it down to maybe like 43 minutes yeah sure can we talk about 
I still am disappointed with Star Wars technology. What is this little TV screen they got going on? Like they're they're living, they got technology out the wall, like everything from the the little dial the guys turning at the end of the episode. I'm like the technology here looks like we stepped back into the 80s, and we're in Star Wars. Like I just don't get it. Uh, the galaxy that Star Wars takes place is perpetually locked in the 80s. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, what do you have to say about that, JJ? Because I, I, I chuckled to myself and I said, like, I'm expect like, where's the tech? It looks like we're, we're frozen. I mean, it is kind of a victim of its own time frame. So, like, because of when it became successful... You can't just – it's kind of like my – one of my gripes, and it's not even a gripe of mine, but one of the things that I find my, I found myself as a huge Star Wars fan always defending is um, – <laughs> that's great. Got to put that out there. Charles, some of the tech causes the ginge cringe. It looks like leftover from 20 out one. I love that, Charles. Um yeah. yeah, so like when the when the the prequel movies came out, like the world was beautiful and the tech was looked a lot more fancy because of you know, at that time George threw in George Lucas threw in a bunch of the really nice CGI that wasn't there previously. Mm-hmm. So they the way you explain it is this was a time of peace and prosperity versus the original trilogy was a time of war and you know, the so that's why it looked a little grungy or a little dirty or wasn't quite as pretty. That explanation's there. Well, Star Wars is always going to suffer from the fact that it was successful in the 70s when in this early 80s when there wasn't the tech to have the cool stuff. And so it has to be it has to stay somewhat similar to what it was when it first came out, because otherwise my toxic friends in the Star Oh yeah, Wars they freak out. It always makes me laugh though when you see that like plexiglass board that has the lines they were looking at that earlier i'm like what the hell are you even look at what like focusing on what quadrant look what are we finding oh you found something there a dot and what does that dot say like what the fuck we have 3d google maps you're looking at a 2d rendering of dots on a map like tell me what the f that means that that just makes me laugh because yes you're right they changed that shiz the whole star wars nerd clan's freaking out so i'm gonna riot it yeah. just makes me chuckle because I'm like that TV screen looked like it was from like the 70s. What they just got color on Coruscant? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yep, pretty much, pretty much. Um, no, it's it's always been a weird, weird problem uh, with Star Wars. It's just again, but that's because when you have a 40 year old, 50 year old, almost uh, original that you're still trying to Jeez, grow, you I can't cannot update. believe. When did the first Star Wars? When did it premiere? 77, 77 right? yeah, Jeez. 77. 47 years old. celebration yeah, 77. real soon. That's nuts. Yeah, I've been looking at tickets trying to see if I can get, because I know they're going to have a, because they do the the celebration, Star Wars celebration every yeah. couple of years. Um, I'm sure that they're going to do one for the, oh, the 50th. It's going to be the biggest be it's ever been. Nutty. So I keep watching to see, because they usually only do the tickets a couple years out. So 2027, I will be for sure looking because I almost I had tickets in the cart for the 30th anniversary in 2007. And when it was one of the original, it was one and of the early on celebrations. And I, say. yeah, I kick myself constantly when I think about it because it was so cool. And then I, I was going to go to the 40th, but 
it just wasn't like I wasn't in the place to do that. So, yeah. But well, you got no excuses now if you don't go yeah, to this one. I'm like, exactly. I, I think if I don't go for the fiftieth, fiftieth, I'm I'm gonna be too damn old and tired <laughs> yeah, to go for the sixtieth. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I wait till twenty thirty seven and I'm like fifty six years old, I might be a little. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I can keep up with all that shit at this point, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, 46 years old, I think I can. Hey, we'll put you in a little Yoda hover thing. I'm, I'm down. I, I'm down. I like it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I want to go to celebration really bad, really bad. I think it would be dope as hell. So, cause I am a bit of a nerd. I mean, I don't know what would give it away, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where. I'm that, not buying or, it. Or just the noise on your phone. Yeah, I mean, R2 goes off every time somebody texts me. So, um, but I'm I'm really happy with Andor so far. I, I'm excited to see where we go. I hope we at least get a couple more episodes with some action in them. But so far, I've been really m- far more pleased with the political intrigue and the 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 scope of these heist feeling and this like sneaking around just clandestine stuff that I thought I would be. I does thought I was gonna be bored. Does Disney Plus have uh, Darth Vader, or I mean, I said, of course they could have Darth Vader show, but like uh, Hayden Christensen on Retainer, could he just pop in on like in Andor on some episode and just show up in like a cameo? Because that would be dope. I'm sure he could. I, I I feel like most of the people that have done major Star Wars shows would just come to do them to be in another show. Like I really feel like. It wouldn't be difficult to get these cameos, get these. I also, but they also have to tread a, a they have to tread lightly because if if you throw in Vader in every show. Yeah, which is fair. And what I like about this is they haven't done that. So I guess I take, don't do that, but maybe late, maybe in season two or three, it'd be cool. Give me that. Yeah. Well, and I think it would be cool like the last season, right? So the lead up to um, Rogue One. Uh, yeah. You, you have this thing has gone on for so long and Cassian Andor's name is so big in the rebellion that Vader's taken a personal notice to at least the name, right? Like it's gone that far up the ranks. Like I could see that being a logical progression for how this show and how the character goes. But yeah, I don't want them to force it. That's because I even sometimes with the Mandalorian, like I feel like, season two forced look i love ahsoka and i'm glad she was there but like especially i don't feel like the mandalorian forced it but i certainly feel like uh boba fett forced having her in there with the luke skywalker scene with you know being training like that whole scene i was like that's you might as well just be watching the mandalorian not boba fett so i don't want them to force in characters just to say, hey, this character's in it. Like, I like it when it means something. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm with Charles on this because, I, hey, remember, I caught freaking uh, Mark Hamill in the back of... Yeah, I still know how you did that. <laughs> in the back of the, the Mandalorian, or in the back of uh, Obi-Wan. So maybe have him walk in the background Easter egg. I think that's perfect. I'll find him. I'll see him. I blew Alex's brain on Obi-Wan. Kenobi I'd love for them to stuff. drop in General Thrawn at some point just to see him because he's around. He's got some friends in the ISB. Well, he's really good. Well, he ends up being really good friends with that General Luke. Lute, uh, yeah, I can't 
pronounce his name right off the top of my head now. Luvarin or Lou. I don't know why it's gone, gone away from me since the last time I said it. But um, but I think they're holding off on him for Ahsoka, for the Ahsoka show, because he's going to be – yeah, they've cast him already. and Fair. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what they have coming and the rest of this show, especially we're – we're whittling down here in a couple of weeks. This is going to be the only live show we're doing for a minute. So uh, pretty excited. Cool. Any other thoughts on Andor episode seven? All right. Well, that would be that then. Appreciate it. Whose turn is it? I'll go. Okay. I'm going to say it's Madsen's turn. If you don't know how to listen to us and you're listening to this live show right now, uh, you can check us out wherever good podcasts can be found. And uh, what's our verdict reviews on Apple and Spotify, Stitcher, Ghana, you name it. If you want to continue to listen to this live show every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific F Central time, uh, you can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at What's Our Verdict. Uh, if you would like to really get into the weeds, like our super listener, Charles here, you can check us out on our Patreon at what's our verdict podcast, where you can listen to exclusive trailers, uh, have us review a show that you want us to watch or vote on what we're going to be watching in the upcoming months as well. Uh, we'd love for you to support the podcast and help us grow there, um, as well. And then you can find us on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, TikTok. We got a lot of uh, just fun content. Haven't seen the tiger in a while. Hopefully we'll see him soon. Um, um, and yeah, we just appreciate you all taking the time to listen to us and continue to hit that follow, like, and subscribe button. Thanks, Manson. I feel like there's some kinky spider tiger shit going on back there in the background. <laughs> Is there like a dog thrown in the mix to that too? Like That's Mickey Mouse. Uh, even better. <laughs> That's kinky. Uh, we'll take this video down, Disney. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, the Patreon, uh, Charles is still on and listening to, to new content coming soon to the Patreon. I've been working on getting some stuff ready. So we'll have a nice uh, data dump for you here coming quick. Um, yeah. Cool. There it is. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Cinematic out.